Buy low, sell high. Very easy to say, but not always so easy to do. For example, high interest rates are hurting the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices in a lot of markets are falling, even for many of the best assets. So it's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com pockets, fundrise.com pockets. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes, but how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Hey everyone, welcome to On The Market. I'm your host, Dave Meyer. And today we're going to do a very fun and uplifting show for you all. We were talking about a lot of the negative news that's out there, whether it's the US domestic economy or geopolitical or international affairs. There's a lot of troubling and sometimes scary stuff going on. And we're not trying to make light of those situations, but we do want to bring to your attention that there is still good news and still some good things happening, both for the housing market, the economy, and in the world. So we're going to jump into some uplifting, positive stories today. But before we get into that, I want to hear from each of our panelists about some good news in your life. So James, let's start with you. What's going on with you? There's all sorts of good things going on right now. We've been getting a good deal flow. But most importantly, I bought a house primary finally for us in the 
in Newport Beach, and we were able to obtain a 6.65% interest rate in today's market. So I'm pretty, that's great news because my original quote was like 7.75. So got it down quite a bit. Yeah, that's great news. And the family is excited to move in. Yes, everyone's super excited. Now we got to get it fixed. And so I just met the contractor. We start demo in three days. So I'm just winging it. Nice. Good for you. That is very good news. Kathy, what about you? I have my second grandbaby and the good news is she's healthy. She's sleeping a lot. And, uh, you know, and the, and the, her big brother is adjusting, hasn't uh, punched her in the face or anything. So (laughs) So all good. good. (laughs) Well, congratulations again. That's fantastic news for you and your family. Henry, what about you? Oh man, all kinds of good news. Well, first and foremost, I just got back from uh, Tennessee. I got to go to the University of Tennessee Chattanooga and speak to a bunch of college students, um, all the way freshmen, all the way through seniors about the power of investing in real estate. So I kind of prepared this whole new keynote on um, what I would do if I were starting over real estate investing and I was in college. And so I think it was really helpful. Very um, cool. I love, I love talking to young people about investing. I wish I would have been thinking about investing in real estate when I was <laughs> in college. I was thinking nothing about anything that had anything to do with making <laughs> So, What were you thinking about, Henry? <laughs> uh, we'll just say that I was preoccupied with other things, Dave. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, well, congratulations. That's super cool. Very cool experience. I feel like I want to hear this. We should just turn it into an episode. I want to hear your talk. Let's do it. Well, I'll share my good news because I'm excited. By the time this episode is released, I will be somewhere in Thailand, hopefully on a beach on my honeymoon. So I'm thrilled about that. Have some Thai food for me. Do they eat Pad Thai in Thailand or is that just like here? (laughs) I will report back to you. (laughs) I I think it is... authentic and it does exist there or listeners tell us if i'm wrong but i don't think it's as like ubiquitously popular as it is in the u.s i would be lying if i said i haven't been reading blogs about thai food for the last <laughs> my, my daughter's had a lot of time in thailand and she said the difference really is it's just less sweet because americans mm-hmm. just kind of love putting the sugar in everything Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course... 
we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my nine-to-five job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Yeah, that that tracks. <laughs> All right. Well, what sounds like everyone has some great stuff going on in their lives. Let's talk about some things that are going on in the broader world and the economy that are going well. Each of us is going to present some information, and I'm going to start with some state of the economy news. So I know that not everyone feels like the economy is doing particularly well right now, and for some people it is not. But if you zoom out and look at the high-level picture and the statistics about the U.S. economy, things are actually looking pretty good. So just the other day, we got inflation data, and it showed that although the regular CPI, Consumer Price Index, was at about 3.2%. It's kind of been stagnating there over the last couple of months that the core inflation rate, which is really what the Fed cares about because it excludes food and energy costs because they're very volatile, that has been falling really dramatically. So that's really good news. And I think you see just in the last couple of days, I don't know if you guys are watching this, just a lot of investor confidence seemed to come back just in the last two days. The the stock market went up significantly on the news of the uh, inflation data, and that took bond yields down a couple of basis points, which was really good. And so we're seeing good inflation numbers at the same time when you look at the GDP, which is generally considered like the biggest high level analysis of the U.S. economy. It grew a very robust, strong 4.9% in the last quarter. And so when you look at the U.S. economy at the highest level, it is actually doing pretty well. Do you guys feel this? Like, do you feel like the economy is doing well? Because I feel like every time I talk about one of these good points on Instagram or something, people tell me how wrong I am and how poor the economy is. And so I'm curious about this disconnect between some of the data and maybe how some people are feeling. You know, a lot of people feel like it's slowing down because they're just not making this money they were making the last year and a half. And they're like, oh, it's not as good. But, you know, like when we've tracked it, our income levels in volume is the it, it's it's higher than it was at, before the pandemic. 
It's just not what it was 18 months ago. So I think it's like that, and it was in such a massive jump, and it was going so fast that you know, it's like when you get out of the when you get off the freeway and you get you merge on to a slower road, you're like, God, I feel like I'm driving slow, but you're still going yeah. to speed limit. And yeah. it's the same thing that's going on. It was just so nuts for 2021, 22. It's like you, you have to adjust to what's going on now, and I think that's what it is because the economy at the end of the day, housing still selling. The the uh, stock market's do, doing well, uh, GDP growth. All the signs say it's healthy. It just doesn't quite feel it because we were in such a crazy market before. I can just say personally, we had one of the best months ever, our, our quarters ever, and the year has come out really strong. And our business is helping investors buy real estate. So that's that's amazing, you know, we're, that we'd have such a strong sales year with interest rates this high. But it, then again, we're able to negotiate those rates down. So. There's that. Part of me wonders if the sentiment is negative because people, some people were expecting a crash. Like inflation was really terrible. It's still higher than everyone wants it to be. And people are saying that it's bad because we haven't had deflation. You know, prices haven't gone back to where they were, but that's a whole other can of worms that is generally considered not a good thing for the economy. And so I wonder if people are, you know, expecting a correction to make things a bit more affordable. And that's why the economy doesn't feel so good is because it's growing, but you know, maybe their people's individual spending power or disposable income doesn't feel the same it did as it did pre-pandemic. I mean, everyone was wrong. Every, there were economists, including the Fed, saying that they expected a recession this year. So of course people were paranoid, but it's quite the opposite. Yeah. And I'm, I don't necessarily know that people are really feeling it in their pocketbooks as much as it sounds like they're saying they are on social media. Again, yesterday, <laughs> walking through the airport, it was a zoo. People are traveling. Mm -hmm. They are spending yep. money. Like every airport bar, you couldn't get a seat at. Like it was just, it was insane. So people are finding money. Interesting. Well, we'll see if it, if it continues. You know, a lot of people are still considering that there might be a recession in the coming year. You know, there are a lot of headwinds that might push these things down. But where we stand today, recording this toward the end of November, you know, the U.S. economy looks pretty good. And I think that is good news. Kathy, what about you? What good news did you bring for us? Well, you know, so far it is good news with that inflation data. Uh, the Fed has uh, paused, as we know, they paused the rate hike in November, and there seems to be general consensus that they'll pause again in December. We shall see. But when you have the bond market speaking pretty loudly with the 10-year Treasury coming down, and that then kind of falls through to mortgage rates coming down. That's, that's the, that's a lot of investors worldwide saying this is where we think she, things should be. And generally the Fed follows that. So if the Fed rate now is at five, five and a quarter, but the bond market is below that at, you know, four and a half or so, where, wherever it is today, um, that's a signal that maybe, maybe not only will there not be more rate hikes, but maybe they'll actually, there's a lot of people who think they'll be lowering rates in the future. But take away the predictions right now with the Fed not raising rates. This is good for people with credit cards, with adjustable rate loans, um, car loans. Uh, you're not, you're, you're paying less today than, than maybe last month. Yeah, I think it's super important because as we've talked about on the show, but perhaps people uh, just want a reminder that 
for in order at least for specifically mortgage rates to go down, the Fed doesn't need to lower interest rates. There are a combination of factors that determine what mortgage rates are. The Fed funds rate is one of those things. But as Kathy alluded to, a lot of it has to do with the activity of both bond investors and the investors in mortgage-backed securities. And they make decisions based on Fed policy, but they also make decisions based on inflation and how well the stock market's doing and all of these other variables. And so that is why we're seeing mortgage rates come down, at least over the last few days since the November, excuse me, October CPI reading um, is because bond investors are reallocating capital to higher risk assets and that pushes bond yields down. And so we can see this continue like it doesn't necessarily uh, we don't necessarily have to wait for the Fed to lower interest rates for mortgage rates to come down as well. So I think for anyone who wants to buy in the immediate future, that is pretty good news. I think what Kathy touched on is really important, right? We're seeing the trends coming down. And, you know, for us, like as we see these trends and I think it's important to watch these things because we get all the bad news. Rates are going to keep going up. Uh, Inflation is not uh, cooling down. And now we can actually start to forecast some relief because that's been the question the last six months. When are rates going to start falling? You know, we thought that they were going to start falling in December of this year. And, you know, we kind of missed the mark on that. They're still a little bit higher. But now we're starting to see that that pressure and, re- and release. And it, it, what's important for us as investors to do with that information is like for us, we, we actually just had a meeting last night where we're looking at inventory when we're going to start building inventory. We just got some permits issued and we're like, do we hang on to these for just a little bit longer, delay the construction so we're going to time it right? And as you start to see these trends, uh, this is what you can really start building into your forecasting and performance. And, and so it's a very important thing for you to be watching right now. And and I think it looks very promising that we could be, you know, hopefully in those sixes, high fives by in the next 12 months if the trend continues. But the one problem is it keeps switching from month to month. So we just got to really watch it and then watch for some stability. Once you see the stability and trend, then you can really build it in your forecasting. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because the Fed was pretty uh... – they weren't conclusive. They're like, you know, if the data comes in differently and we, you know, we don't know month to month, we could raise rates. So we don't know. I think this is good news if you're a home buyer right now, because if you think about it, right, if, if rates do what we think it'll do, which is come down eventually, you know, 12, 24, 36 months, there's going to be a sweet spot, right? Where rates are starting to come down a little bit, but buyer demand isn't increasing quite as much yet, right? Where you can still get in, get a decent rate, but not have to fight with all the competition that's going to come when rates start to really come down to where people get comfortable. And so if you can kind of find that sweet spot and buy that property now, or when the rates just start coming down before people start to flood the market, you can get a little bit of a lower rate and a lower price on your house and have some negotiating power. So I think it's, I think it's good news. That, that's a great point, Henry. I, I'm uh, starting to think a little bit about when that sweet spot might come. And obviously timing the market is impossible, but it does mean that there, there might be some, uh, it might be coming soon. The other thing I just want to mention now that that James said, too, is that I think so much of this is not necessarily about what the terminal rate is. And that's just a term for where the Fed holds rates for a while. 
But it's so much just about predictability. Like I feel like as investors, no matter what you invest in, like you can deal with conditions. What's really hard is when you don't know what to expect just even three months in front of your face. And that's what we've been facing for, what, two years now with the Fed and with rates. It's been really difficult. And so at least if we get some stability, the market will find equilibrium at the rates that they're at. It's just like there's so much There has been so much fear because everything has been so predictable. So I think any move towards more stability and predictability is a good thing for anyone who wants to invest. All right, James, what's your good news? Well, I have good news about the jobs report, and this might sound a little bit weird because in September, it was razor hot. It came in way higher than expected. The U.S. economy added 336,000 jobs in September. In October... We only added 150,000 jobs, so quite a bit less. Um, They were anticipating that the jobs report was going to come in at about 175, and it came in at 150. So why is this good news, right? We're we're employing less people. The good news is, is we're looking for those trends again, like we were just talking about. Is you know, there's certain things that need to get under control for the for the Fed to really take a step up off the gas on these rates, you know, and there's numerous things. There's the inflation report. Um, in addition to there's the jobs, the, the job market has been too hot for too long. It's causing employment issues, it's causing wage growth, it's adding to inflation. And so now we're starting to see it cool down just a little bit. And that's a good sign because, you know, um, the unemployment rate rose slightly from 3.8 to 3.9. They were anticipating it to be flat at 3.8. So that's showing a little bit of a trend and it's a nice slower trend at this point going, you know, we don't want to see that jump massively like 3.8 to 4.5. That's not good. But if we can see it just gradually start to cool down, that's going to put less burden on the economy, less on the inflation. And then the Fed should step it on rates and keep increasing them. You know, right now the Fed is really trying to cool things down and the the faster or things start to cool the more normalized we're going to get to get lower rates in there so all these signs as long as they stick right like what we just talked about um the federal funds rate could start to lower down with the job market cooling the bond market you know all these things are great signs to give us some relief that that mr powell is going to take his foot off the gas and that's what we want as i'm watching this if the jobs report comes in and that's the one thing about this jobs report though it's been up and down up and down if it comes in again lower next month that's going to make me feel better thinking i can forecast for lower rates over the next 12 to 24 months well, I see what you're doing here, James. You're doing the old uh, bad news is good news, good news is bad news kind of thing that we've been living with over the last couple of uh, years. But it is true. You know, normally you want to see more jobs. That's typically a good thing. It grows the economy and growing economy raises the standard of living for everyone. That's great. But, you know, inflation is a product of an overheated economy. And so the logic goes that with too low of an unemployment rate, with adding too many jobs, that's going to further propel inflation. And so as James said, I think it's important to that we might be approaching sort of a sweet spot where we the labor market is cooling. It is not crashing. Like James said, we're still adding jobs to the economy, 150,000 during a normal month. That would be a strong month. It's just regulating and coming down a bit from where we are. The other thing I want to address is that every time we talk about the labor market or uh, jobs reports, people point out that the, you know, the unemployment number or these jobs numbers are flawed. And there is no perfect data in any data set. 
And the labor market is no exception. Nothing is perfect. It is a subject to the methodology and the availability of data. But I encourage people who want to understand the labor market to just look at the totality of all the different data sets there are about jobs. Look at the unemployment rate. Look at initial unemployment claims. Look at the labor force participation rates, job openings. If you look at the broad trends, the labor market is still very strong. And to James's point, that might mean that we can see the labor market cool off to help the economy without completely breaking. Like to me, there's like a lot of cushion in the labor market before things get really bad. They can cool without getting really bad. Kathy, what do you think about this? Well, you know, one metric to look at in this regard is the jobless claims, like you said, and Mm -hmm. that has been falling or staying flat. So that's, that's a, that's a good sign. People aren't really losing their jobs. And if they do, there's plenty of more jobs to go get, which is keeping the unemployment rate, you know, kind of steady, like you said, going up just a little, but sometimes going down month to month. And again, that's what Powell's going to be paying attention to the trend, not just, not just monthly data. As a real estate investor, this is the news I've been waiting to hear. I just hope we can hear it consistently (laughs) so that we can start to see some of these rates come down. Because obviously, you know, if you're if you're playing the investor card right, you should be buying when people are fearful. And if you're buying when people are fearful, that puts you in a position to take advantage of what we would hope would be, um, you know, equity and appreciation if rates come down. So, yeah, let's uh, let's hear more of that. All right, great. And I I just want to reiterate, I I think I'll speak for all of you and say that no one here is like rooting for people to lose their jobs or for the labor market to implode. It's just that it's been so crazy. Just as an example, there are something like nine or 10 million job openings in the United States right now. So there's just there are too many jobs at this point for the amount of labor that exists in the United States. And that's a supply and demand problem that pushes up labor costs, it pushes up prices, and that's how you get inflation. And so it's we're all basically just hoping for that sweet spot to exist. And you know what I am rooting for, though, is consistency. And this will help with consistency because the issue with being an employer right now is the turnover rate is really high. People start jobs and quit jobs, especially in like the lower, you know, in that that median home price market or median income markets. So you can't get people to stay and it causes a lot of cost and issues because they get bored and move on. If the economy slows down, there's less jobs. People stay at their jobs longer, which it will be better across the board for everybody. And so I'm hoping that this also adds employment consistency because that has been a nightmare for a lot of small business owners the last 12 to 24 months. All right. Well, Henry, take us out with your good news. All right. Well, let's talk about some good news in the housing market. So first and foremost, new home sales, so new home sales have increased by 12.3% in September. Um, I think a lot of that is due to uh, builders buying down rates and offering incentives. Um, I think a lot of it too is uh, a little bit of people seeing the interest rates now as a more normal thing, which there are still people buying homes. The current median days on market is 50 days on market. And that's pretty normal. <laughs> like, like that's about what it was uh, pre-pandemic here in the Northwest Arkansas market, right? Typically you list a home for sale and it takes anywhere between 30 to 60 days for that thing to get a, a decent offer and you start going through the process. And I think that that's just a sign that it's a healthy real estate market. 
when things were flying off the shelf and the average days on market was like 10 days, that wasn't really a healthy market. People were overpaying for properties. People were buying properties that had problems. They didn't have time to do the due diligence necessary to ensure that they were um, spending their hard-earned money on a asset that was worth that money. And so, you know, a, a normal days on market uh, just helps both buyers and sellers uh, ensure that we're we're doing healthy things for the housing market. And then for U.S. households, they're predict they're showing that there is approximately thirty trillion dollars in equity in homes, uh, and subsequently. Wow. The total number of mortgaged residential properties with negative equity have decreased by 6%. So even when people were overpaying for properties, there was this concern that um, they were going to be upside down. And um, if 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 pricing goes down, then it's going to be really bad for those people. But it looks like it looks like there have been less people that have negative equity and there's tons of people who are sitting on equity right now. And we all know that that equity can be leveraged and that may be uh, what people are able to, that's how people can tap into some of the wealth that they've built. So there's a lot of good stats happening in the housing market. I think all in all, like as an investor, what I'm seeing is the market is much healthier. When I list a property for sale, most of the time, if that property is renovated properly and we we take the time and do the things right it shows well it's a good clean property then it typically will sell within the average days on market time frame and when properties are on the market and they are done poorly and they're just polished up pieces of poop they take a lot longer to sell which is what you want in a healthy housing market right so um i think all of this is good news for uh, for home buyers. And um, you're adding to those sales numbers as we speak, right? Are we seeing you at the closing table right now? <laughs> yes. Yes. I am. I am literally at my title company about to buy some property. So this is, this, <laughs> this is my life guys. This is how authentic Henry Washington is. His slogan is not just see you at the closing table. We actually just see him at the closing table. <laughs> right. It's very impressive, man. <laughs> That's some good multitasking right there. What are you buying? Um, buying a duplex. Ooh, he got a good deal. He got a good deal. Got a good deal. Buying it for two twenty five. It's probably worth about three twenty five. Oh, wow. Nice. All right. Well, you got to get out of here, man. You got to go buy that deal. What's the overall cash flow on that deal? Because I was looking at that. I'm like, man, I wish I need to start buying duplexes for these yeah. prices. What, what I like about this deal is it is a uh, it's a three, two on both sides, which is hard to find in my market. So three, two on both sides, all brick all the way around. Solid, really, really solid property. And uh, it's extremely under rented right now. So the current, the, well, the old owner had hadn't raised rent in years, so each side's paying about six hundred to six hundred and fifty. They should be paying closer to, I would say, eighteen hundred or more. So Ooh, um, wow. they're extremely under rented, and and it's not an old property by any stretch, so it doesn't need a ton of work. So it's just one of those deals where you find the right landlord at the right time, looking to get out, and uh, and so we were able to come in pretty quick, snag a deal. We'll be able to raise rents and make a pretty decent cash flowing deal, even at these crazy interest rates. And, uh, you know, that's how you build wealth, right? Well, yeah. And then if these trends stick, that the, that cash flow is really going to juice. That's the yeah. goal. <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> 
So thanks for the loan, but I plan on refinancing sooner than later, James. <laughs> I just love how we ignored Henry's uh, good news that he was sharing about the housing market and just had to ask him about the deal that he's got. <laughs> <laughs> deal junkies. <laughs> But, I mean, that's good news, Henry. It sounds like you found yourself a good deal and just shows that there is more good news for real estate investors out there. If you find the right market, the right kind of deals, there are good deals to be had right now. Well, thank you all for sharing the good news. I think this is a nice break from hopefully all the other news that you see out there, whether it's about the economy or something else. And you can see that there are still some things to be excited about, uh, particularly for real estate investors. So Henry, James, and Kathy, thank you for joining us. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you for the next episode of On The Market. On The Market was created by me, Dave Meyer, and Kalen Bennett. The show is produced by Kalen Bennett with editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting is by Calico Content. And we want to extend a big thank you to everyone at Bigger Pockets for making this show possible. The housing market is changing, and finding your way right now can be a bit tricky. There are rate shifts, there are confusing headlines, but at the end of the day, your goal hasn't changed. You probably still want financial freedom as much as ever. Well, the good thing is that experienced investors know it's not about trying to time the market. It's about the amount of time you have in the market. And if you're ready to get into real estate investing game, you can still do that. Or you can take your game to the next level by finding an investor-friendly agent. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in just a few minutes. You head over to biggerpockets.com deals, enter in some details about what you want, where you want to buy, and boom, you instantly get matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investments in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.